This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Time to connect with the executive director of the Green Times, an eco consultant, and a coach and a lover of things that hop. Good morning, Alma Pollard. <laughs> uh, good morning. How are you? I'm very, very good. Hang on. Cheryl sent this for you. Um, so you listen up here. Here's a song okay. for the paddas. A paddas a ding wat spring, wat spring. A paddas a ding wat spring. I sprung to the new water and the paddas a ding wat spring. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, that's from Cheryl. She said, please, I just want to say, sing this for Alma Pollard. So you've got a that's fan wonderful. and a it fan of the Bronx. Hopping, hopping happy. <laughs> Better than being hopping mad, Alma. Whereabout are you? <laughs> I usually phone you at home on your landline. I'm in, I'm in the home of the, of the toads, of the... Western leopard toad. So I'm speaking from the the place. Oh, that's amazing. Where they, is the same place where they're doing the toad tunnels? No, it's not the same place where they're doing uh. the toad tunnels. Well, you know, the whole toad conservation started here in Newark with the toad nuts that we've written about over the years. And that's actually how I got to know about um, the Western leopard toads which is only found in the Western Cape in the entire world. Wow. And Cape Town is the only city where we have the Western Leopard Toads. So the conservation around here is incredibly important. But that's why we're so excited that they digging these tunnels, installing these tunnels under Peninsula Road in Flame, where they where you find them also. You know, they are only found uh, across 405 square kilometers. That's in the Western Cape. So, and and their their numbers have reduced massively over the last twenty years. So now, during breeding season, they need to hop over to the closest water body, and they of course have to go over roads yeah. because we have built our roads in their migration paths. So it's always an issue, and a lot of them perish, as you know, with the little frogs here in our area as well. So they're installing five. Um, I call them, you know, tow tunnels. Yes. Um, in this Western Leopard Toad Underpass Project, which sounds very official. They've got their own path project now. (laughs) And so they're installing five of those, but for this season there will be two um, in place. And the breeding season is from July to September. And then they will also be monitoring them. I I presume there will be some other technology counting them because they will monitor how many get through the tunnels. And also whether there's a reduction in their mortality because most of the time, you know, most of them perish and we can't afford that anymore. Uh, Alma, what is that? Give us an idea for those that are listening. What does the tunnel look like? How do they get, how do they know to use the tunnel? (laughs) Well, you can see the tunnel and the picture on the Green Times. There's a nice nice, um, picture there. They're busy installing them. And of course, they are building these barrier walls along the side of the road so that Technically speaking, they can't actually go get over the road because there will be a barrier in, in the in the way, yeah. and then they will go along the barrier until they find the tunnel, and hopefully then go through there. Yeah, because there's not going to be a little toad with a yellow reflective jacket and a whistle getting them all in a line. So <laughs> you've got to <laughs> make got sure. To hurt him, you heard them like sheep, which is which is also what we did when we saved the toads from crossing the road. You can actually hurt them a little bit. But, you know, if there's a barrier in, in place, then, of course, you, you, they can't put those barriers across the, the entire area. But, yeah. I mean, where they know that they normally cross, because they've got their migration pathways, there they will be hopefully herded into the tunnels and, and get through safely. 
Well, this is certainly an incredible initiative. Um, I see in the story that uh, this tunnel can be used by other creatures as well. Who else might use the toad tunnels? <laughs> well, the fauna, on the whole, most tiny creatures need to migrate around. I mean, that is that is why we are such pests ourselves, you know, because we block them in their migration with roads and 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 vibratory walls and things mm. like that that they can't get through. So yes, it benefits most small creatures need to move around. They are, you know, nomadic actually. Yeah. So um, whatever needs to move will move. And they will, it'll be interesting. I can imagine if they put a camera on there and we see everybody going through. <laughs> I can't wait to see the footage of this. But, you know, it's really exciting because um, their populations are now known as severely fragmented. Mm. And they are on the red list. And the reason is because no one site holds more than 50% of individuals. And the distances between the subpopulations are too great for dispersal within one generation. So you, you can understand that because we have put all these obstacles in the way, it's very difficult for them to get to other populations, which mm. they need to do for breeding purposes. So, you know, more than 50% of the occupied habitat is in small, isolated patches, and more than 50% of the subpopulations are considered non-viable wow. without continued conservation. So this is our top job to make sure that we take ourselves out of the way or create special pathways for them yes. underneath or over the top. I mean, I've seen on overseas sites even, um, you know, bridges over the top for creatures. Wow. So this is not new in the world, but it's the first in South Africa. There's this idea, Alma, that we mustn't interfere with uh, with the, the animals. They need to do their own thing. But the problem is uh, we're, we're killing them off because we're just doing what we're doing, urbanization going into their area. So actually we do need these interventions because otherwise it'll go from the red list to the extinction list. No, but the problem is we do interfere. That's the problem. We need to stop interfering. Mm. So we need to, you know, our roads are an interference. Um, Our developments are interfering with their habitat. So we need to do what we need, we need to do at the same time be aware who else lives here, whose place is this really, who was here first, and what do they need, and then see if we can rather develop alongside what nature needs, because we know that we need nature. Mm. It's not just about us. You can find this story on The Green Times. Elmo, while I've got you on the line, um, the fires that we've just seen, they're still... Uh, out there dowsing the last of the embers and keeping things wet so there are no flare-ups. And what's going around in your mind as in terms of the cause and, and what has been happening on the mountainside? You know, I'm, I'm not completely up to date in terms of the, the arson allegations, but my personal opinion is whenever we have high fire conditions, it was burglings and very hot. It happens every summer. And when we have that weather, I get up in the morning and I say, it's a fire day. Before the fire starts, then the fire starts, as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, it's, um, natural combustion from the sun and from climate change. This happens across the world. That's why it starts in many places at the same time, never just one place, or mostly not, because if the sun shines on a little piece of glass, and it reflects off, and it's hot, and it's and it's very dry. The the, the felt becomes a tinderbox. Mm. So as far as in my mind, it's it's part of our our climate change picture. And I don't I don't jump onto arson story, but you know we have to see the evidence unless they can absolutely prove that. 
I, I reserve judgment on that. Thoughts of, uh, of you, Elmo, when the, when the Premier of the Western Cape, uh, Mr. Alan Windy, said, we usually have rain over Easter weekend, but now we didn't. Mm-hmm. It's so hot and dry. Yeah, it's been summer a few days ago, still, like mid-summer. And, of course, we know the weather is changing. So, And the fires are part of our climate change picture. We've, you know, all the years been predicted and it's happening across the world. And so we need to understand that it's part of the condition that we need to try and stop. That sets us back to a conversation we had a few years ago when day zero was looming. And then we saw, don't worry, there's a bumper rain year ahead. But who's to say we'll get one of those? Are we going to go in a cycle? Who knows, Alma? Yeah, well, long to the long-term trends are not good at all. Thanks for your expertise. Enjoy yourself talking leopard toads okay. today out in Nurtuk. Thanks for your time, Alma. <laughs> Have an awesome day. Bye. And you. Bye-bye. That's- this insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.